Coming up on BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. The Cougars complete a two-game homestand with another Mountain West win. Now it's a battle of independence as BYU faces the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame amid the Las Vegas. To help with the hype, we've got Kalani and Gunnar Romney next on BYU TV. This is BYU Football with Kalani Sitake, presented by Intermountain Healthcare. And now, your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, hello and good evening once again, Cougar Nation. Welcome back inside Studio C at the BYU Broadcasting Building in Provo, Utah for our Week 6 edition of BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. Glad you're with us for another week of Cougar football conversation by tuning in live or on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. For those watching us live tonight, we invite you to take part in the program by responding to our instant polls via the Opine app. Just make sure you download the app and keep it open throughout the show and watch the side of the screen for poll questions. And a reminder that as always, our social media hashtag is hashtag Sitake Show. Coming up on tonight's broadcast, we will look back on last Thursday's home win over Utah State. We will go inside the film room with Jerem Jordan and wide receiver Cody Epps. Deep Blue profiles former Cougar Longi Tuifua. Wide receiver Gunnar Romney will join us in studio. We'll answer social media questions in our Q&A segment for Coach Kalani and Gunnar. We'll look ahead to BYU and Notre Dame in Las Vegas, plus get a live look at the Cougs' one-of-a-kind uniform combination for this weekend at Allegiant Stadium. And let's get tonight's show on the road by welcoming in the head coach of your BYU Cougars. He is the one, the only, Kalani Sitake. And once again, Hazel Heymuli, our lay girl. Let's give it up for Hazel. And thanks to the good folks at Lays for Days for all of your lay needs. We're back to the flowery mode after back-to-back -back weeks with the Kukui nuts, and those were good luck. Yeah, those are nice. I mean, it, anything to uh, distract this, we, we already said it before. It so. accentuates. It only yeah. accentuates. <laughs> How was your weekend? It was good. Yeah, I mean, had a great weekend, and... and General Conference was awesome, so uh, watched some football too, and, and got a head start on on our next opponent, and uh, looking forward to it. So I think I think our had good good couple of days of practice already, so really looking forward to the matchup this weekend. What's uh, what's conference weekend like in the Sitake household? Uh, just a lot of food, and <laughs> yeah, and then people trying to extend their naps past when they need to. But <laughs> no, it was a lot of fun, and, and then just trying to catch some football in between things like that. So it, I mean, it was. It was really cool. I think it was good. it was needed break and then, you know, and, and some time with the family. It was it was really cool. And because of the break, it kind of feels like the USU game was like a long time ago. Uh, yeah. What do you remember about last Thursday's game? Yeah, it already? seems so long ago. <laughs> yeah, I mean, good game. I, I, anytime you can get a win, uh, you're really excited about that. Uh, winning games is hard to do, and and uh, I don't want to have our guys uh, take that for granted. But uh, definitely some room for improvement, and I'll probably say that regardless of how we play, you know, that, that I'm always, if our culture is about love and learn, then I, I'm committed to getting our guys to play at a, at a higher level always. And, and until we, we, we play that perfect game, you won't hear me, uh, you know, then, then, then I guess we've arrived. But mm -hmm. until then, I'm going to always push our guys to play at their best consistently. 
Let's refresh your memory and all of our memories by looking back at the game itself and hit some highlights presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. BYU and Utah State, and the game began with a bang. A-Rod dialing up a play for Gunnar Romney. Welcome back, Gunnar. His first play is a nice catch. Yeah, that was great. I mean, I wish Gunnar would have stayed up on his feet and would have scored, but uh, he got tripped up a little bit, and just you could tell how excited he was to get that ball. And, uh, didn't take long afterwards to get us the touchdown after. Yeah, one more play. It was uh, two plays, two snaps, two catches, and a score, and you're right back in it there, 7-7. Yeah, and, and just, I mean, that's what our offense can do that, you know, and so we got to do whatever we can to get them the ball as much as possible. And Max Tooley becomes one of now three FBS players with two pick sixes on the season. Yeah, I'd like to see him carry the ball, you know, securely through the goal line, but other than that, I mean, he, know, he has a way to find, he, he knows how to find the end zone, which is good. Nice play by Braden Cosper, and a nice throw. We're getting used to a lot of nice throws from Jaron Hall. Jake Oldroyd hits a field goal, a 45-yarder. This was a 17-17 game at halftime. What were your thoughts at half? Yeah, I thought defensively, we, had, we were on the field way too long and uh, needed to get off the field and get some stops. And uh, some of those were, were um, because we, you know, threw shoes and jumped off sides and things like that. And, uh, those are discipline issues, and, and uh, I've got to get our guys to play better. But love the response from our team, stay in it. And then second half, we came out ready to roll. And before these John Nelson highlights, we saw Kahuku High School's Ethan Erickson with his first career touchdown catch, the tight end in the end zone. Then it was kind of the Cody Epps show. There was a drive here of 75 yards, and 61 of the yards came on Cody Epps' catches. Here's the last one. He takes it in for a touchdown. That's three weeks and three touchdowns for Cody. Yeah, I mean, he, he's used to having the ball in his hands, and he can catch. Uh, I mean, he, he's, he's done that a lot in his, in his career in high school and looking forward to seeing a lot of things from him in, in college here at BYU. Nice defensive stop to get the ball back for BYU. I think our last score of the night we'll see is Christopher Brooks. This is his fourth touchdown as a BYU Cougar running strong and helping to cap off a 38-26 win for BYU. Second straight game, BYU scores 38. It was 38-24 over Wyoming, 38-26 over Utah State and Blake Anderson after the game, head coach of the Aggies said uh, they played their best game of the year in uh, in coming to Provo last week. Yeah, I thought so. I, I thought they, they put together a good game plan and, and uh, you know, they, they obviously had the ball quite a bit and possessed the ball with, with the time. Um, but I thought the difference was our, our players being able to get some turnovers on defense and a score and then our offense being able to turn it on in the second half and us stopping the run in the second half was, was key. You had to stay patient too. Uh, I know A-Rod said it was the strangest game he'd ever coached it was 34 to uh, five in plays in the first quarter. They snapped 34 plays. You snapped five at halftime. It was 54 to 19. Mm -hmm. Arod didn't really feel like the offense was on the field enough to kind of get the game plan going. And in the third quarter, you were able to start executing it a little more consistently. Yeah, and on the flip side of that, because the defense was on the field quite a bit, we weren't able to make the necessary adjustments. Um, that, you know, to get to get what we had the results in the second half, we weren't able to do that on the sideline. That's that's our fault. We got to get off the field. And and like I said. It, you eliminate the, the mistakes, the stuff that we can control, the, the penalties, and I think we'll be in a better, better position. Well, it was another nice game for Jaron Hall. Yesterday, he was named the, uh, to the top 25 watch list for the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award, and he was also named as the Kia Player of the Month for September by the College Football Hall of Fame. And uh, I guess you never want to take what he does for granted because he's just so steady and consistent. And uh, as the coaches say, he can throw it to anywhere he needs to on the field and uh, another, again, very efficient night for your signal caller. Yeah, um, big time playmaking ability from Jaron. We, we know that and it's his leadership that, that, that matters too and that's the response that our players have to him. 
uh, on the field, and, and he's done, done a remarkable job with our offense. As we take a look at Jaron's stats, we saw the Ethan Erickson touchdown catch again. Not a lot of folks know the name Ethan Erickson. What can you say about Ethan? Yeah, great body and great athleticism and, and, and great ball skills, and he's blocking really well right now, too, and taking advantage of the opportunities that he has. It's, it's nice where your first catch is a touchdown, you know, so that's, mm -hmm. that's a good start for him. Speaking, speaking of the word start, a uh, player who got a start, again, not a name that was maybe familiar to a lot of folks at the start of the year, but Talon Alfrey was one of your starting safeties on, on Thursday. Yeah, with, with Malik's injury, um, it, that's going to take a little bit of time, but uh, Talon's been able to step in, and he's, he's seen playing time rotating with the safeties, but uh, as a starter, I was really pleased with the way he tackled and the, and the things that he did on the field. Okay, back to Gunner for a sec. He made his season debut after that training camp injury caused him to miss the first four games of the season, and he gets off to a nice start, and uh, A-Rod said, yeah, he did want to get the first play of the game for Gunner if he could get open, and he did down the sideline, as we saw, made a nice catch. And again, almost took it in for six, but he got slapped on the ankle there as he was going. Yeah, just, just one of, of many opportunities that we had to give him the ball. And I, I think uh, having... The offense built around such great talent. You know, we, we need to be able to get the guys the ball, and then Gunner's one of those guys, and he's been waiting for his opportunity. I mean, he's been he's been really impatient, and you can see the excitement that he has. It just, just and after this catch right here, you see the the emotion that's in that he's just like, okay, here we go, and then and. Uh, Really looking forward to him getting getting a lot of targets this weekend too. I hope this starts a string of productive games for him. And he said, "Yeah, first game you could kind of feel it. It's not you're not, you're not in game condition until you go through a few of these." Yeah, he'll be ready. I think the the improvement from him to one to game one to two for him it will be it will be a, a, an easier um, transition, seeing the experience that he's had and, and all the years that he's played football. Well, you can't spell the word impress without uh, e a p p s or something like that at least. Uh, uh, Cody Epps uh, has okay. been playing really well. Uh, leads BYU in catches. Uh, he has scored a touchdown now in three straight games as we talked about. He's turning into a bit of a go-to guy. And, 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 and you know, before the season, you wouldn't have thought. Yeah, he's steady. And I think that when, whenever Jaron's throwing the ball, he's gonna find the open guy and he's gonna, and that happened to be, you know, Cody quite a bit this year. And uh, other people get their opportunities too, but you, you see he's done, he makes people miss. and. He's done a great job in, in, in terms of, you know, extending the plays and getting some yards after catch. Uh, but he has, a, he has a knack for finding open, open seams and open spots, and, and Jaron trusts him, just like he does the rest of the, the, the receivers. So Cody leads BYU in receptions on the year. He has 21. Keanu Hill leads BYU in touchdown catches right now with four. And Keanu uh, got himself back into the end zone against Utah State, and he had a nice catch and run just on the second play of the game. Uh, it's it's Cody and Keanu, the 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 the, the dueling K's, uh, Kalani, uh, that have been doing uh, really well for BYU in the receiver room. Yeah, and, and I give a lot of credit to to A Rob, but also to Fessy running that room and and just having all those guys ready. You know, um, Keanu's pass didn't end up like you know like Chase's, but. Uh, it's just good to have great talent and guys that are trustworthy and um, I, I've been really impressed with them. You know, as receivers, it, it's great they're catching the ball and doing some really good things, but I, I like the blocking downfield, things that they're able to do to spring open. Like this right here, you see you know, the reason why Keanu makes the tackles because he, we have blocking downfield and that's from the tight ends and the receivers doing the little things that, that get us big, big results. There are two BYU players right now with four touchdowns apiece, Keanu, as we saw, and then uh, running back Christopher Brooks. Uh, counting his time at Cal, uh, he now has 25 career touchdowns, and he and Lopini Katoa both have hit the 25 TD plateau as college backs. That's great to have a backfield with two guys who have been in the end zone that frequently. 
yeah, and just tons of experience, and we're gonna we're gonna need them to, to continue to, you know, just open up the run game, and and I think we just get a variety of, of different type of running running backs with with all three of those guys, and including Miles uh, Davis, right? exactly. And so I, I think uh, you know we're gonna utilize all our weapons and, and allowing them the you know the power run game that, but Chris can he, he can extend the play and and get in the end zone too. He's got a lot of speed. Um, all of them bring something to the table, but. More than anything, they, they, especially him and Lopini, can find the end zone. We're, we're going to see the new uniform for Vegas coming up at the end of the show, but I really do like this look. I love the royal, royal white look. I know you don't really care as long as you win <laughs> in the uniforms, but it's a pretty clean look on a night yeah, game. I like the way it pops. Yeah, I mean, uh, that, that's... You're like, whatever, Greg, I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we're going to start talking fashion now in, in the show, but it's it's football with Kalani Sitake, not, yeah. not fashion or yeah. uniforms. But, um, yeah, I... The guys are excited about it, and the fans are excited about it. I am too. So I, I just, I just want to want to make sure that we not only look good, but we follow it up with playing well on the field. So this week, BYU hits the halfway point of the regular season schedule. Uh, BYU won four games in September for only the seventh time all time, and only the first, that's uh, the second time all time that BYU's gone uh, four wins in, in September. And back-to-back -back years happened in '93 and '94. And now in 21 and 22. So there you go. All right, Cougs with a chance to go a five and one through its first six games. And if BYU wins on Saturday, it would match last season's six-game start at five and one. And just like that, Kalani, you're you're halfway home after this weekend. Yeah, midpoint. I mean that that it's flown by, you know. So really, really uh, excited about the opportunities that we had to play and, and and having the fans be involved in at our games wherever we go, and, and especially at home. But now we're on the road, and, and, and um, you know I know we'll have representation there. So, really excited that to, to show our best this weekend. And you, you want to do more than simply qualify for the postseason, but you're two wins away from qualifying for a bowl game, and that's a, that's another benchmark that you want to make sure is consistently hit in your program. It means something. Yeah, I mean bowl games extend practices, allow you to to develop the young players and, and get more time with them on the field, and uh, and, and whenever we can do that, that's a, that's always going to be a benefit and an advantage for us. All right, it is break time, and a reminder that for your day-to-day -day Cougar Sports play-by-play, -play, we want you to watch BYU Sports Nation with Jerem Jordan and Spencer Linton. Weekdays, watch it at noon Eastern on BYU TV here at on BYU Radio. When we come back, wide receiver Cody Epps takes us inside the film room, and later, a deep blue profile on Longi Tuifua. Stay with us. BYU Football with Kalani Sitake is presented by Intermountain Healthcare, official medical provider for BYU Athletics. Smith's, fresh for everyone. Brady Industries, honestly better. And by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back inside Studio C in Provo for more of BYU football with Kalani Sitake. BYU now 4-1 on the season and ranked 16th in both major polls this week. BYU got to 4-1 with a 38-26 home win over Utah State last Thursday. It was the Cougars' 13th consecutive night win and the 14th straight night win at home. Well, for his work in BYU's win over the Aggies, wide receiver Cody Epps was picked by offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick as the Cougs' offensive player of the game. The veteran freshman, as I like to call him, led BYU with five catches for 86 yards and a touchdown. Included in his yardage tally were a team-high 55 yards after catch. And tonight, we catch up with Cody inside the film room with our Jerem Jordan. 
All right, Cody, I know you've been here for a few seasons. This is what, your third year at BYU? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where have you been, bro? <laughs> I joke about saying I've been on a mission out here in Provo <laughs> for the last two seasons, so. Now is your time. Have you been been hurt, figuring it out? What's So yeah, freshman year I played a little bit. Got, got some minutes when Zach was here, and then all last season I sat out with a foot injury. And now you're good to go. Yeah. And making an impact. Yes. Okay, against Utah State, you have uh, five catches. You have a touchdown for third game in a row. Mm -hmm. Let's walk through it. So we start with the second quarter. You get nine yards. Mm -hmm. So I come in motion right here, um, looking at the defense. As soon as I get set right here, I'm kind of peeking to see what the DBs are doing. I'm, I'm kind of eyeing number 21 and number six to see if they're going to come to the flat. And when I see them keep bailing off, I, I'm able to just flip my hips. Easy completion and always fight for those extra yards if I can. Okay, yeah. then we go to the third quarter. This is an important situation because you're trying to kickstart that offense. That was a really nice drive mm -hmm. uh, to start that uh, that quarter, 16 yards. So I, I see that the DB's off, so nine times out of 10, I'm probably gonna get this ball right here. So as soon as I see him belling, I'm able to flip my hips pretty quickly. And Jaren throws it before you do. Yes, so this is invested rep right here. There's a lot, of, we mm -hmm. do this all day in practice. Uh, we go through this stuff all the time. So yeah, so as soon as I, and I kind of know where his where the DB is because the ball's coming so quick that I kind of feel his presence as soon as I catch the ball. And I know he's gonna, their DBs are taught to go to your outside hip as soon as you catch the ball. That's why I slip inside of him right here. Okay, now we go to the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. Three plays in a row to you. Yes. Three in a row to you, including a touchdown. Yeah. We start uh, with a 27 yard game. Coach Fessy, Coach A-Rod, they always want us thinking ahead and thinking about what the defense is doing. When I line up right here, check the motion, they bump over, that backer bumps over. So I have a, a deeper route right here. So I'm, I'm seeing if this guy's in man or if he's gonna end up bailing off. And I can feel that Kibo's guy's looking in, so nine times out of 10 they're in his zone look, which is most likely cover three. And right here, you see the post safety start to creep back a little bit. That's cover three. You're looking at all that in that moment. All that in that moment. Your head turns like, okay, this is gonna be open. Yes. Loads up and has an open. Cody Epps inside the 40 of Utah State makes the catch 35, 30 inside the 30, 29 yard line for Cody Epps. Okay, so next play. 26 yards, this is where he gets stiff arm out. Yeah, 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 yeah. When we were coming into season, Coach Fessy always made us look at uh, Jamar Chase and some guys in the NFL like Cooper Cup, always focused on yak. Being able to make these small type of plays like a slant or a five yard out and being able to push it down the field because it, it, it deteriorates the defense and it puts a lot of pressure on them. Like we gotta get these dudes on the ground. So as soon as I feel him belling off, I, can't, I don't, you see, I don't run straight across like a normal slant. Like I'm not flying across the field because I know that ball's about to come because of the way that the guy's bailing off of me. Same thing, I know his presence, I know where he is, and I'm able to get outside and know that the defense funneling in from inside. Okay, and then the next play, this is the eight yard touchdown, capping mm -hmm. off three plays in a row. There was a false start in there. Yeah. But three plays in a row to you. Yes. Nobody's over top of me. It's only one guy over Kibo. So if Jaren throws me this little bubble right here, I'm able to either go outside and he's gonna seal that guy off or I'm gonna be able to cut inside. So as soon as I see that guy bump outside, my eyes come up instantly. I know, okay, I just gotta beat this one guy inside. And the defense always flows. Safeties are taught to tackle full to the outside, so I just cut up right inside of him. Swings it in front of Cody Epps, left side, makes the catch, steps back inside for the touchdown. Cody Epps scores, third time in as many weeks. You know a lot about what the defense is taught. Mm -hmm. Did you play corner or you study that? So yeah, so I played defense, a little bit of defense in high school. I played nickel, corner, safety in high school, my sophomore year. And then from a very young age, my dad has been teaching me about coverages since I was about six years old. So did I've been knowing- Did he play DB? So my dad played receiver and DB too. That's awesome because yeah, yeah. it seems like you've taken advantage of that mm -hmm. in this game and other games. Mm -hmm. What's it meant to you to score three touchdowns in three games? 
it's definitely been fun, man. It's definitely been kind of relaxing in the sense of I'm getting in the end zone and I'm able to make the crowd cheer and I'm able to make big plays for my team. Yeah, so it's been pretty cool. Big game with Notre Dame this week mm -hmm. in Vegas. The unis look amazing. Yes, uh, yes, what, yes. This, this is a big time situation. It yes. feels like against the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Yes. So yeah. So funny thing you're saying that today in class, when my teacher's not talking about the, the important stuff, I'm kind of looking. I have two windows open, so I'm looking at film <laughs> to see what their defense is doing as well, because I want to be ahead of the game. And, and like I said, Coach Fessy, Coach Arod, Coach Kalani, our staff is big on watching film, being intellectually in tune with what's going on with our plays, what the defense is doing. So we spend a lot of time during the week going over their defense, our plays, how we can capitalize on things and holes that they have in their defense as well. So it'll be pretty fun. Well, enjoy it. And thanks for the time, Cody. Yeah, yeah. Nice to meet Appreciate you. Appreciate you. We had such a good time with Cody here on the show uh, yeah. a couple weeks back. He has the glasses on. He's like he's like the mild-mannered Clark Kent in the interview, and then he's <laughs> Superman on game day. That's right. And then as, as long as he can stay humble, keep working hard, we'll, we'll take it. And, and he's been waiting for this opportunity to, to make plays and uh, going through some adversity with the injuries and everything. And uh, it's just a, just a pleasure to have him on the field. But love having him on the team and, and the, his uh, cerebral approach to the game. You know, I, I'm glad that. Our coaches bought into uh, what our style of teaching and allowing the players to teach themselves and teach each other has been has been really cool and been, it's obviously helping. This guy's making a lot of plays and giving us great production. Yeah, it's been a challenge to not have uh, Gunner and Puka on the same field at the same time this season. But how nice has it been to see so many guys like Cody step up and make it so you don't really you know miss too much of a beat? Yeah, you want to have those guys when I have everyone healthy, but uh, you've gotten through it okay. Yeah, and, and the belief that our, our coaches have in their players and the belief that Fessy has in, in his guys, and uh, it, it's it, it's a huge advantage for us. But uh, I'm, I'm really thankful that we have players that are just waiting for their opportunities and, and not just not just patiently waiting. They're, they're, they're excited. They want to get on the field, and, and the competition is, is, is it's, uh, it's really tough, you know. So uh, it makes them better, and then when they get out there, they take every advantage they can of every play. Next up for BYU, it's a ninth all-time meeting with Notre Dame this Saturday night in Las Vegas. BYU looking for its third win in the all-time series in this first-ever meeting on a neutral field. The Irish, 2-2 two and two on the season, working with their second-string QB, or second quarterback at least after the starter was injured in game number two out for the season. Uh, Notre Dame coming off a bye this past weekend, and that followed back-to-back -back wins after their 0-2 start. Uh, Kalani, you've seen enough of the Irish over the last few days. What do you make of Notre Dame? Yeah, great team. And, and they were uh, ranked fifth preseason for a reason because uh, they have tons of talent and they have great coaching. I mean, uh, Marcus Freeman is a really good coach and, uh, you know, they've gone through some adversity, had, had to battle through some injuries. And so they're coming off of a bye week and then we're expecting their best this weekend and we got to give them our best and, uh, and it'll be a good matchup this weekend. Every week, every weekend is an opportunity, uh, but there are certain opportunities that uh, have a greater spotlight on them or happen on a bigger stage, and Saturday's one of those games. Yeah, and then this is a home game for them. You know, they, they get the, uh, uh, the advantage in the, in, the, in, the, in the tickets. But you know, BYU fans are thrilled about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Because, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's, I mean, we have a, a good following in Vegas area, so, and it's, a, it's close to home, so uh, I'm sure we'll have, we'll have our, our fans representing there too, but... Uh, we're looking forward to the, the environment. We've been in that stadium before. Our guys, uh, the majority of the team have been uh, of our team has been there. So uh, we're looking forward to this matchup. And we, we, you know, a lot of the guys have been kind of circling this one. Now we're here in this week, so 
uh, let's just give it our all and see what we can get done. Yeah, BYU-Arizona was one of the very first games in Allegiant Stadium, and I was blown away by how, how you know, finished off it was. Mm-hmm. And then the environment, the, the, the fans that BYU put in the building that day, uh, it may as well have been a full house for, for as many fans as, and the noise they made. It was a great Great night of college football, and you want the same result, obviously. Yeah, and, and the venue is awesome. So I, I think the uh, the environment's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, you know, and, and the fans at home can watch us on TV. And I just hope that we can give them the best showing that we have all year. We do look forward to it. Well, BYU faces the Fighting Irish in Las Vegas, and we will have comprehensive coverage of it on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Here is your game day broadcast schedule. We'll start on both TV and radio two hours before kick at 5.30 Eastern, 3.30 Mountain with BYU Sports Nation game day on BYU TV and Cougar pregame live on BYU Radio. The game itself at 7.30 Eastern, 5.30 Mountain, 4.30 Vegas on NBC and BYU Radio. Join me and Riley Nelson and Mitchell Jurgens for the call. And then following the game from Las Vegas and here in Provo, BYU TV and BYU Radio post-game coverage. That is all coming up on Saturday. Coming up two days after that on Monday and every Monday at 2 o'clock Eastern, Noon Mountain. Join Aaron Roderick, Eli Satuiaki, Ed Lamb, and me for the Coordinator's Corner. That's Mondays, 2 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. And preceding our show every Tuesday night, it's after further review with Dave and David and Blaine, after further review, Tuesdays, 7 o'clock Eastern, 5 o'clock Mountain on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Coming up, wide receiver Gunnar Romney will join us in studio. We've got a deep blue profile of former D lineman Longi Tuifua. Stay with us. All right, so welcome back to BYU Football with Kalani Sitake, presented by Intermountain Healthcare. Longi Tuifua was an up-and-coming defensive lineman for BYU back in 2018 when a sudden injury changed his life path. It was a change that resulted in new opportunities, as we discover in tonight's edition of Deep Blue, presented by Brady Industries. Honestly better. At an early age, being able to go out onto the field and being able to have that emotional outpour onto these other players, it really helped me as a kid. And that's kind of the moment I knew that I love football. He started at such a young age. He also admired dad in that dad had a football career. My dad was really good at football. If I was going to get advice from anyone, it was probably going to be from him. And football was the main thing that we connected through. I think it made him happy because it made dad happy to see him play. Playing football, I always expected him to be the best. So, and and for him, he would, he took over that. And I was hoping that he can continue that and then go to a good college, getting education, and maybe getting into the the league. Coming to BYU was really exciting. It was exciting to be able to compete against all these names that I knew. And when I got there, I felt like I could do it. Well, from a very early age, these individuals, these student-athletes are under a tremendous amount of pressure to perform and to be what they want to be and what everyone else wants them to be. I came in my first day knocking heads with all the other players and and kind of moving up in the depth chart. When he got here, just the, the story changed. Football, in the way that we had all envisioned it for him at BYU, didn't work out. We're, we're ramping up to our, our first game. We're practicing hard and I, I go in and me and 
One of my uh, teammates, we made contact. My neck goes into a weird position. Came down, and then he was on his back, and he was on his back for a while. And I just get this entire numbness go down my, my left arm. I didn't recognize at the time that his injury was as bad as it was. And this just kills me that he... He didn't let people know how bad he was injured. Because I had proven to these players and to these coaches that, that I am capable of playing on this team. Athletes are in many ways taught to do that because then you don't play. So what do you do? You pretend like you're fine and you keep playing and it keeps getting worse. We talked to doctors and therapists and uh, we got an MRI and the MRI showed that I had a herniated disc in my neck. He decided to go and go and get it fixed, but when he got it fixed, thought that he'd be back. We had, had a place for him, was excited for him to come back. He was getting bigger, he was getting stronger. It fixed all the problems that I was having with stingers and everything, but just having the soreness of the surgery and numbness that comes with it and being trying to come back from that was was too much for me to handle. He told me that I think it's time for me to hang it up. I might get paralyzed, that's what he was saying. That was the start of what I thought to be one of the worst times in my life. As an athlete experiences injury, whether that's a season-ending injury, a career-ending injury, like Lungi experienced, it, it really attacks that identity. It attacks who they think they are, how they spend their time, their social group, and even the family identity. You know, nine years old, 10 years old, you know, he was playing all these years, and then, and that was hard. It was hard for me, and it's hard for him. He'd lost his teammates, and now he was in a fumble of not really being happy with his chosen career path. Lungi understood that it wasn't just the, the physical recovery that would have to happen from his injury, but that there was going to be a, a pretty onerous mental process and psychological process involved with that. Going through such hard times, it was really nice to have the resources of, of mental health help at just at my fingertips at BYU and being able to lean on that for whatever problems I was going through. Here I am at BYU. I have three years left, um, and I'm kind of not liking my major so far. Of course, it was very surprising when Longy became brave enough <laughs> to tell us his choice of switching from his major. You sat me down. I was wondering, why, why, did, he, why did he? Does he want to go to lunch? You know, he, he was saying, uh, "Dad, you know, uh, I just want to let you know that I'm changing my major from computer science to theater." The musical that I watched was called Wonderland. And I, I was sitting in the back seat and I remember just like watching it and hearing these people who are my age sing and act. And I was like, these guys are ridiculously good. I'm like, wait a minute, maybe this could be like someone like me. Like maybe I could be up there one day. I know my initial jerk reaction was probably not as supportive as it should have been. 
And I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> Acting is, it, it's hard to actually be successful, but it turns out that it was something he was supposed to do. After that, I just kept acting, and I just kept at it, keep, kept working my craft and doing the plays at BYU and trying to, to hone those skills. Eventually, one day, just out of the blue, casting director for Book of Mormon, she's like, hey, uh, we're looking at you for the role of uh, Captain Moroni. Is that something you're interested in? And I'm like, am I? We're in the film business. We didn't know his athletic life had fallen apart. We didn't even know Longy, honestly. Longy walks in the room and he's already fit. I mean, he's, he's a football player. He's ready to walk into this role. And it was so great to, to meet him and then say, okay, we've found our guy. It's fun to watch his growth and development and his journey. I love being a part of it. Sometimes you gotta let the kids choose, you know? I'm not in control of their lives, you know? They have their own life and, you know, I don't wanna overwhelm whatever it is that I wanted them to do. Longy obviously was a fantastic football player. And sometimes life throws you some curveballs. And if we can be resilient through that change and that transition, we typically find that we're gonna land on our feet and we're gonna be maybe even more than fine on that other end. You don't realize what other gifts you have. I could see as soon as I started working with him that he had a gift from God to be an actor. We get no more reward out of the guys that go on and become all pros in the NFL than we do the guys that are moving on and becoming successful fathers and, and career men in other fields besides football. This profession of coaching really is about matriculating players to the next phase of their life. I'm not special. My challenges just have been more public than others and everyone has their own challenges. And my story, I hope that people just understand that, that God puts you through these challenges to make you a stronger and more knowledgeable person. A lot of these deep blues are about people that, uh, that fans see on the field every game day. And, and Longy, we haven't seen on the field in quite a while, but it's still just an amazing story of someone that is still a part of BYU football. And you can tell how proud BYU football people are of Longy Tuifua. Yeah, and to do things that are just like, you know, not, not expected even from his family and to go with his heart and, and, and uh, to see that, that, that he's fit perfectly for it. And so the taking adversity and then using, he mentioned the resources and also being vulnerable enough to share his story that he, you know, battling mental health issues and things like that. When you're going through the transition of losing your career, uh, he had tons of promise. He was a big time recruit. Yeah and uh, definitely had next level um, uh, talent. And so when that ended and, and for him to, to be able to bounce back and find another career path and something that he's really passionate about, I'm really excited about it. You know, it, it's, he's got guys in the locker room talking about becoming, you know, joining the theater department too and, and changing <laughs> majors. But I, I don't know, it, it's, it's, you know, just, just be open to whatever and, and, and find your true passion and it'll, it'll, it'll all work out, especially here at BYU. What a great voice and presence he has, too. You can see him being a great performer. Yeah, he's got, he's, I mean, luckily he's got the face for, for the, the camera, too. You know, better than us, right? But, uh, but he's, he's, he's got so much talent, and it, wasn't, it was not limited to just football. And I think you're starting to see the things that, that he can do and, and the type of leadership that he provides for others to follow in, 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 his, in his story. And, and uh, they can, they can, I think a lot of kids can relate to what he's going through right now. And, 
and seeing that the, there's, there's promise at the end of adversity. All right, very cool story. Well, in the first week of August this year, after the first full day of BYU training camp, wide receiver Gunnar Romney was telling reporters that he was healthy and had never felt better as he prepared to play in his final season in a BYU uniform. The very next day, he was knocked out of practice with an injury that kept him on the sidelines until, as we saw, last Thursday. But now he's back and back in Studio C. Please welcome back to the Sitake Show, Gunnar Romney. How are you? Good idea. Good. All right. I just mentioned that interview you gave. It was like day one or day two of camp. Remember that? The cameras were around you and you're like, I feel great. Yeah. And it was like the next day, right? Mm -hmm. Can you take us back to that week? Yeah, it was a, it was a tough week for me. You know, uh, one of the main reasons why I decided to come back to BYU was to play a full healthy season. Um, you know, that it didn't go the way that I was expecting it to. But uh, yeah, day two of fall camp, just routine catch, you know, uh, dough for a ball. Landed right on it. Um, point of the ball? Was it the point? Had, or just said, Yeah, just, just regular. Yeah, just yeah. regular catch. Put the, tucked the ball right there into my side, landed on it. Um, everything felt fine, you know, a little bit out of breath, but a couple hours later, got some excruciating pain and, you know, went to the hospital. It told me it was a lacerated kidney, and that was that. Mm. So when you walk off the field after that catch, was it, was it similar to anything you'd felt before? Yeah, yeah. I, I actually tried going back in. It, it, was the, it was towards the end of the practice, but I felt good enough. And you know, I went to line up and Fessy, our receivers coaches, you know, uh, you're good. There's only like two, three plays left. Just take it off. So it, it felt super normal. It just felt like I got the wind knocked out of me. It wasn't anything out of the ordinary. And then symptoms started to hit. Mm -hmm. yeah, and then take us from there. What, what, hospital next or what? Yeah, yeah. Um, went to, you know, the trainer said, you know, I got this pain. You know, there's a little bit of bleeding right now. Um, said, you know, okay, we'll, we'll send you over, get some blood work done. Um, went to the went to the get the blood work done. Went to the labs, and the second they got it back was all right. You need to go to the emergency room right now. So I went to the emergency room. Um, they you know they did the scans, did everything, and it was kind of a weird thing because we we didn't know how long I was going to be in there. We didn't know what was going on, so we just pretty much had to stay in there, um, make sure the bleeding stopped, make sure everything was normal, and was in there for about a week before it came out. Wow. Yeah. A week in the hospital yeah. with a foot, with, by, for landing on a football on a catch you've made a million times. Yeah. Wow. Kalani, as you're being brought through the process and hearing about mm -hmm. all this, what are you thinking? Well, it just got, it just got like worse and worse every time I heard about it. And then, uh, then, then I went to the hospital visit Gunner and I was talking to him and he seemed in good spirits and he's just like, oh, I'll be ready for practice on Tuesday. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> uh, I don't know, but, but I mean, He's convincing because the guy's a machine, you know, so um, I was just like trying to just show him support and it just seems like he was always ready to go and, and uh, if it were up to him, he would have been on, on the field. And, and the, but to see his recovery, how remarkable it's been for him to, to get better that quick. Um, and it's also something that's just kind of, it's different. It's never been, um, his, his, his case is different than it's, we haven't seen it and there's nothing else out there to compare it to. And so um, I think the caution was just to be, to make sure that, that we do it right and not put him in harm's way. And, um, and so we, it was kind of like a fluctuating thing. It was just, there's not one thing that was said. It was just, hey, he could change day to day. And that's why it took so long. And it was a frustrating at the same time. So correct me if I'm wrong here, but like there would probably be a couple of options here. We can go in and 
fix the laceration or let it heal naturally. Is that kind of the way it was? Yeah, yeah. So that's a big reason why I was in the hospital for so long is, you know, they wanted to make sure that bleeding stopped. And that, that was the thing is, you know, we can go in there and we can, you know, try and seal it up right now. But that pretty much would have ended the season. That pretty much would have been it. And so I said, you know, let's wait a couple of days. Let's see. Let's see how it turns out. And luckily, the doctors were, were all in with it. And, you know, everything turned out the the way it was supposed to. That then it was a process of getting cleared. Yeah. And, and that had to be a really frustrating injury because the rest of your outside body says, I can play football, but there's something inside saying yeah. not yet. Yeah, it was extremely frustrating. Like Kalani said, there, there wasn't really a lot of cases to go off of. You know, we tried calling a bunch of different teams and, you know, even NFL teams, and it's a super rare injury. Um, the, the only people we found that had a similar injury, you know, missed the entire season. Mm -hmm. That's not what I didn't want to hear. Um, so we, yeah, we kind of just took it day by day, week by week and hearing different doctors opinions on what they thought was what it was going to be. But after about two weeks, my body felt great. Everything felt great. But they told me, you know what, you're just gonna have to stay patient. And so that's what was really frustrating about it. So how happy were you to get cleared? And then how happy were you that A-Rod dialed you up for play one last Thursday? Yeah. Night? Yeah. I mean, you probably saw my emotion after <laughs> that catch. It was, it was unreal. I mean, I so stoked to be out there with the boys again, be being on the field again. And did, did you, here's the play, uh, and I, yeah, there, there was an obvious outpouring of emotion once you made this catch, and you almost took it. I mean, if you guys didn't yeah. slap your foot, you're probably gone. Yeah, no, that was probably part of the emotion as well. It was just a frustration that I didn't break that tackle. But no, it, it, was, it was great great to get started like that and just fun to, to get back to it. So how did it, the game itself, I mean, you made some catches, you had, you had a few dives where you got to test things out. Um, how did it feel, all told? Yeah, no, everything feels good. I felt normal. You know, it, it was uh, first game back, so I was for sure out of shape, you know, especially <laughs> after getting cleared and it had, being such a short week. Um, and for sure was a little bit rusty after not doing anything, not playing in the last couple of games. But, you know, it, it felt really good and, and I'm excited to be able to continue playing it 100% now. Did you think you should have hauled that one in? You said, after, I think after the game, you said, yeah, I probably should have had yeah, that one. Yeah, no, 100%. That's a catch that I need to make and I've made it plenty of times in the past. So it, it was frustrating for sure, especially after watching the film, seeing how catchable it was. But, you know, it's, it's just something you just got to move on from. Was any part of you thinking, I, I can't land on the ball? Or, I, I mean, I mean were, yeah. were you a little bit worried that way? No, to be honest, during, during the game, I didn't think about it at all. I, I think, um, you know, I, I did a pretty good job of, you know, compartmentalizing and, and not really worrying about that and playing confident. And so I, I really don't think it held me back at all during the game. Okay, let's flash forward to Saturday night. You get to go back to Allegiant Stadium uh, and, and play another game in an NFL venue against, a, you know, Notre Dame. It's yeah. one of the biggest names in the game. How stoked are you? Oh, it's, it's a huge opportunity for, for this team. I'm super excited. They're a really talented team. You know, they, they maybe had a little bit of a rough start, but, you know, they're, they're a really great team, one of the most respected teams in college football, one of the most respected programs. Um, and then that, that venue, you know, going down to Las Vegas and playing in Allegiant Stadium, it, it's a huge opportunity. I'm super excited personally. This is a big opportunity for me personally, um, you know, to go out and prove myself um, kind of at the beginning of my season. But, you know, this team is, is, is a special team, and so I'm excited to go see them perform on that big stage. And hopefully this is uh, another game in a string of games for, for Gunner uh, leading you to a, a successful season. Columbia. Yeah, we're, we're a better team when Gunner's on the field, and so that, that's his leadership, but also the playmaking ability. And, he has this unique uh, uh, way of just going all out, you know. And it, last year he got hurt by a running back running, you know, falling into his legs, um, and the same injury struck again. But it's because Gunner doesn't care he, about himself. He just gets out there and does what he ever can for the team. That's why he doesn't. He's not going to be worried about landing the, on the ball. He, he this guy is just a, mentally tough. He's ready to roll, and I'm glad he's in better shape now. 
And so looking forward to seeing him on the field and, and doing what he does best, and that's make place for us. All right, coming up next, we'll take your social media questions for Coach Kalani and Gunnar Romney. And BYU football with Kalani Sitake continues. Stay with us. BYU football with Kalani Sitake is presented by Intermountain Healthcare, official medical provider for BYU Athletics. Breeze, the official hometown airline of BYU Athletics. And by Smarty, location data experts. All right, so welcome back to BYU football with Kalani Sitake. Time now for our social media Q&A portion of the show. Questions from the socials. We'll go to Gunner first. This question coming in saying, Gunner, uh, what does it mean to you to be able to play at so many NFL stadiums? Yeah, it's, it's huge. Uh, playing in those venues is really fun. I think that's one of the, the best part about being an independent is, you know, being able to go all over the country and play at such cool spots. You don't get that opportunity if you're just playing the same teams, you know, year in and year out. And so I've been really blessed to be in that independent area and, you know, going out in that last year of the independent era. So hopefully we can go out and get a win. Sometimes you get to actually be in the, the, the NFL locker room. Sometimes you get to just walk past them. But either way, you get the vibe, and it's pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, hopefully I'll, I'll be, you know, in those locker rooms a, a little future. bit more in the right. future. Right, gotcha. <laughs> uh, next for Kalani from social media. Uh, Kalani, you're one of the best-liked coaches in the country. How do you balance being nice with needing to fire guys up and correct behavior occasionally? No, I think, I think teaching is it's okay. Feedback is a gift, so... Sometimes guys need to hear it a little louder than normal, and there's different ways to teach, but I, I think uh, I, I'm a better teacher when I'm under control with my emotions and not angry, so I, I think uh, the guys will respond better to that. And in terms of firing up, there's nothing about it being mean, you know, so I think uh, kindness is a, is, a good, is a good thing to follow, and I had one of the best well-liked coaches uh, as an example in Lavelle Edwards, and so I... I hope to, to carry on that. I, I loved it as a player, and I think these guys will respond well to it as well. How do you describe uh, Kalani's motivational style, Gunnar? Yeah, you know, we, we have a saying in, in our uh, program, love and learning, and I think that's exactly what he amplifies. Um, you know, it, it, it's fun going in after, you know, big games, after a big win. You know, he's, he's loving us up, but he's the same guy after a loss as well. You know, he, he's, he always says, um, you know, it's it's about, you know, family. Family is the, the most important thing, and he really treats the, the entire team like, like we're family. All right. As we go to break, thank you, Gunnar. Here's this week's trivia question presented by Breeze, the official hometown airline of BYU Athletics, in partnership with the San Bernardino International Airport. How many games has Sitake-era BYU played in NFL venues? The answer. Coming up next, stay with us. More BYU football with Kalani Sitake after this break. We are back with trivia in our final segment. Uh, question brought to you by Breeze, the official hometown airline of BYU Athletics in partnership with the San Bernardino International Airport. Question, how many games has Sitake era BYU played in NFL venues? And the answer is eight. Arizona against University in the University of Phoenix Stadium back in 16. FedEx Field, West Virginia in 16. Poinsettia Bowl 16 at Qualcomm. The Chargers left after that year, so we're only counting that one game. Mercedes-Benz Superdome 2017 LSU, Gillette Stadium 2018 UMass, Raymond James Stadium for USF two times, Buccaneers home, and then Allegiant Stadium last year, soon to be nine. There you go. Let's go. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, this season on the Sitake Show, we close every week with a sneak peek 
and a preview of the upcoming weekend's uniform combination live in studio. <laughs> and here is this week's combo for BYU and Notre Dame. Take it away. says the only magic is in Vegas. That's, uh, that's well done. That was awesome. No gritty this time, though. Nah, I pulled something last time. Yeah, he said he pulled something. All right, so uh, this is the outfit. Uh, this is the, uh, the All Blacks with Royal and uh, the helmet, special helmet combination. It goes from Royal Blue uh, to Black. It's an ombre vibe, and uh, it's the first time this combination's ever been worn. Right? Uh, Gunnar, you guys were revealed this, was it last Friday? Mm -hmm. What was the reaction? I think I saw a bit of the reaction, but... Yeah. Uh... No, the team was going crazy. Those, those, are, those are probably the coolest uniforms that, that I'll get to wear at BYU. I, I love the all black and those helmets are sweet. And then you saw the uh, production that BYU put together with how they revealed it yeah. with the UFC thing and everything else. Yeah. Pretty awesome. Yeah, that was really cool. Really cool production. I know you saw Notre Dame's video, but yeah. I, think, I think ours was a little bit better. I'm a little yeah. bit biased, but <laughs> I like it. Yeah, it was it was dueling uniform uh, reveal movies, basically, and, uh, and both teams put out great ones, but BYU's was awesome. Kalani, you saw that, I'm sure, right? The three-minute deal. Did you see it? Yeah, that was, yeah. That was pretty cool. I mean, the magic tricks are, are, are a lot of fun, and Wait till you see the coaches reveal what we're wearing. <laughs> is it going to be amazing? It's, it's going to be pretty simple. I'm going to wear this. You know, blue blue hat, so. There'll be some royal blue, some yeah. navy blue. And uh, yeah, by the way, uh, thanks to all the uniform stats every week, courtesy of the BYU Uniform tr uh, Tracker Twitter feed, at BYU Tracker on Twitter. And uh, Travis, uh, nicely done again. Good job <laughs> to you and whoever else is a part of this. Nicely done. All right, for Gunnar Romney and for Kalani, thank you folks for being here. We will talk to you next Tuesday. For producer Hema as well, I'm Greg Rubel. Go Cougs. Have a great week. See you. Take care. I'm unique, and so 